Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com IMTB and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to another episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hello, everybody. So we're going to go ahead and touch on some television we've been watching. Uh, first of all, I want to say... If you guys haven't been watching Nora from Queens, um, you're fucking up. Yeah. It is fucking hilarious. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Aquafina is amazing. Yeah. And I love Aquafina. So having her tell her like semi biographical story mm-hmm. in her way is just hilarious. Wow. I literally laugh so hard mm-hmm. every time I see that show. I think another one. If we're going to stick with comedy, um, Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm has this past season so far. It's like, it's like, you know how like South Park just keeps getting better and better and better with age. Literally the same thing is with Larry David. As he gets older, it's just the better. Yeah. I think, I think it's because Tia, he's just more like, well, how more ridiculous can I be? Yeah, I think so too. Um, And like I said, we're fans of comedy. And I finally got you to like kind of pay more attention to it, but Miracle, Miracle Workers, Dark, that's the Dark gonna... Ages. <laughs> it's like it's interesting to see where they're gonna go with it because mm. I love the first season because it's kind of they're you know playing God and shit. This one it's very more like oh it's it's more you know in real time. Well, the Dark Ages type yeah. or whatever, but it's so hilarious. <laughs> so hilarious. I just uh, did love. Do we, we watch the last one together? Right. Which one was the last one? Where it's like they have like the Thanksgiving almost yes, thing. Yes, yeah. Where she was like, well, dad never said I couldn't do this or this or this. And he's like, well, because dad doesn't know those words. <laughs> <laughs> and like Daniel Radcliffe, I love him in like comedy because I love how aloof he plays. It's just, it's it's funny. Um, another good one that um, I just, I just watched the new episode. Um Zoe's Infinite Playlist. Oh yeah, I keep is, forgetting about that. It's it's like really good. Um, like this past episode was really like, oh my god! Like it it dealt with like this person who's gender fluid and like their faith and like them going to church and stuff. It's very like a new wave, yeah. TV show. But it's well, one Jane Levy because I love God. I love Jane Levy. It's just it's really cool to see them like like. They don't just sing the songs. They kind of do their their own thing for them. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard with like those newer shows, especially on like the big four, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just don't want them to cancel. Yeah. That's why, because I'm so afraid of getting invested in these shows Mm. and then they just get canceled after this season or two. Yes. Which is, I mean, like I've been a a, a opponent of um, you having to watch. Superstore for how long? Yes. And same thing with that. Like, I was skeptical on like trying to watch it every single week because I was like, it's funny, but I mean, it's not gonna, you know, it's never gonna be like a Friends phenomena or like an Office, so it's gonna get canceled. 
But here we are, I think, five seasons in now. Yeah, but it stuck around. Yeah, it it's, sucks, though, because America is leaving. So she's, like, kind of a main character. Oh, so it's like a Michael Scott kind of thing? I, I Well, it's hard to say because technically I would say that the one guy is, like, her boyfriend. Uh-huh. But she is a producer, too, and she's leaving. So it's like, what does she that mean for her character? Yeah, you know, what does that mean for, like, the the, the series? I'm assuming that they're going to do something where she gets, like, a job in corporate or something. Yeah, Because she's probably. been moving up or whatever. Which is still good because that's why I told you this is an ensemble cast. And everyone is just as hilarious. Like, literally every... Even, like, the... The C characters that you only see part time, they're just as hilarious as everyone else. So I'm hoping that after this season, because they got it renewed already for the sixth, or it's even, yeah, I think it's the sixth, but they got renewed. So they're going to get another season and hopefully it keeps going. But yeah. But um, speaking of which, we want to review a series that we've been really fond of since it came out. Uh, the new season came out, and I almost forgot about it. Chilling yeah. Adventures of Sabrina. Um, third season, right? Yes, third season. Third season. I, I love the cast. I love everyone, you know, mm. whatever. Um, this season was awesome because it was going in the direction that a di- it was going in a direction I didn't think it was going to go. Uh-huh. But now that this season happened, it, it literally expands so much more. Oh, yeah. But I was afraid that I wasn't going to like it because I was like, I think I'm two episodes in. Mm. And I was like, man, what if I... Because it, it just wasn't capturing me as hard as the first season or the second season. Mm. So I was really afraid that I was like, oh, man, is this the season that it sucks? But as it goes <laughs> on, yeah. it quickly changes. Like, oh, no, this is better than... Yeah. I, well, I can't even say they're better than the other two. They're no. just as good. Yes, that's what I, I think. That's what I would say too. They're not neither. None of this. It's not like a Stranger Things where the first season's good, the second season was okay, and the third season like hit out of the park. This one, it's like it's been consistently solid. Like, yeah, you're right. Like the cast is amazing. I love like uh, Kieran Shipka as Sabrina. Amazing. That the answer. Awesome. I love they're hilarious. I love their um what's her name? Uh the not Zelda. Helda. Oh yeah, Hilda. Hilda. Um her her little arc with um Dr. Cerberus. <laughs> that that played out pretty good. I like the way that they did that. Yeah, and like you said, the way that they expanded the 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 universe in this this season was like Yeah, see like that's how you expand like the universe. And they did it like big time. It wasn't even like a like the like maybe like Stranger Things where it's like, oh yeah, the upside down still a thing. No, this like added a whole group of like you yeah, wanna just get into spoilers? What it what it well what it didn't do was mm-hmm. it didn't say like, Oh, there's a bigger Satan. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people do that. Where yeah. You get rid of one like the super devil. Yeah, you get rid of one like yeah, like one evil, then you get the other evil that's just a little bit bigger. This one was like, oh, yeah, they're saying he's bad, but he's just an Earth thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's other bigger things out there. And they they really did expand to where they almost got into, like, the 
H.P. Lovecraft ancient shit. Yeah, so that's the spoiler. Yeah, they sl- they got into like all this cosmic stuff, and then and then like the voodoo stuff that we kind of don't understand, but kind of do. And I, I I and I love this idea that like they bring up in this one in this season is that their power der- derives from who they're worshiping, which is interesting because it's like yeah, like that makes sense, and it's like the reason why they were so immune is because. The devil in this universe used to be an angel, so like all of his power comes from God, technically. Yeah. So like he's just a corrupted version of that, and so then once they stop believing in him or whatever, stop worshiping him, and they go to Lilith, while Lilith doesn't have that power, her power comes from came from Satan, but he cut her off, and so that that's why their powers are waning. And it's like, and I like that too, is that this season felt like real stakes. Like, they were losing their powers. Even the things that they did to try and get their powers back didn't work. Like Or, like, they were going to work, but then it, they, like, yeah. the, the villains, like, intervened. Like, they made sure that characters died that were, like, holy shit, you just killed off the, that character. And then, like, even at the end, like, the way that they just, like, they way the, that they undid everything, well, at least they undid the last part of the things that happened, was interesting, like... I like that, like, Hilda was dead, right? And in this, like, alternate universe that it leads to, she was she, she was dead. Everyone was dead. Like, the, the, the Green Man took over. I like that, too. Like, the Green Man is a separate, like, Earth deity, right? Yeah. And, like, that it has its own powers. To, like, this whole season did a lot of good, like, good things. Yeah, because it separated this idea that, what we know as like magic and the beyond isn't just black and white. Mm-mm. It's a, a voodoo priestess that, you know, gets her powers from this thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's like some water demon that. Yeah, might, like a Lovecraftian water yeah, demon. Yeah, might bring the end of the world. But then the same thing with uh, like Pan and the. Um, mm. What do you call those? Uh, Robin Goodfellow and all that. Yeah. The pagans. Yeah, the pagans. Um, and then you still have like the devil and stuff, but then they break that. Yeah, they kind of break it down even more. Where, like, well, then how powerful is God, and what is is exactly God? Mm-hmm. And then there's like the whole moon thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's just there's so much here in this season that it gives you a lot without having to explain a ton, so mm-hmm. they can get to it if they want to get to it later yeah. on. And then that's also cool because then it's like, well, well then where can we go? Because so next season we're kind of looking at, yeah, maybe like a Lovecraftian uh, entity coming up thing. And, you know, like, what does that mean? Obviously, I think we're going to see like hell coming back, like coming forward and saying, hey, we need help. Or maybe they're they're probably going to go to hell. I don't know. Either way, yeah, yeah. like you could tell that they're going to team up somehow, some way. Yeah. Who knows what else is? You know what I mean? Like it's it's going to be interesting to see exactly what they do next season, or how they do it next season. This is a good season. Yes, yeah, it was a good season. And like I said, I think them doing what they did with the like explanation of magic and powers and and. The fact that there's like earth centric stuff, but then there's also cosmic stuff, mm. I think is gonna be the best thing to go forward because yeah. then you could make uh, you can make up shit. That's yeah. like, what if like, like we're talking about 
I was trying to figure out if that um, Nancy Drew shit was a part of this whole thing because one of the trailers, I'm pretty sure they kind of insinuated that there's aliens. Really? Yeah. I, I but like I've never seen it. I don't know. Wait, is but, it connected to this? I don't know. But oh. e- but even if like now I could honestly see mm-hmm. them dealing with like an alien thing, and it seems weird at first. But then, what if those alien things are like, oh no, well we also yeah we're you know, pray to this cosmic we're thing. witches from planet reticuli. Or we have to do some crazy shit where God is an alien, right? Yeah, and and. And Lucifer was also obviously an alien, but when he got banished, he got banished down to Earth. And then what if there's aliens who who were fans of his when they were on the other planet and they've been searching the cosmos, finding their favorite angel, Lucifer? Mm. Sounds ridiculous, but then at the same point, Sabrina t- set it up where it's like, yeah, it could be possible. Yeah, you know, you know what? It could be possible. Which is why I love the season. Yeah. So, all in all, it was a really good season. Maybe tone down the teen sex stuff a little bit. It's th- That's what I love about Sabrina, though, is that unlike Riverdale, they don't feel like they needed... Even, even like, the cheerleading shit, mm. you would think that that's the, the one easy way that they could get super sexual right mm. where they can have like oh their skirts are going to be a little bit shorter or you know they're showing a little bit more like cleavage or whatever yeah. but they look like high school yeah like out like high school cheerleaders like from like the 80s or something you know what i mean yeah um also uh i will say it was kind of funny and a little bit weird when i'm watching it and you know, like they have like the song stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're singing whatever. Then I'm like literally sitting here, and I was like, kind of pay attention to my phone and watching it. Then I said, I'm like, I hear something. I'm like, is that the Crust DB Band tragedy? <laughs> and it was like the most random shit ever. And I was like, this is actually pretty badass. Like, <laughs> thank you for giving me this hardcore connection. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's something I didn't see anyone talk about. And that's so awesome. And they didn't do some dumb shit where they play like some fake shitty like hard. Remember we talk about like in movies and stuff that have like some generic hard rock band. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. This one actually was like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> Anyways. um, Yeah. I, I really like the season. I'm super stoked to see what happens next season. Yeah. Uh, also. It'd be interesting to see what they do for like a Halloween or Christmas thing, you know. They did that last yeah. time, right? They did uh Christmas one. Yeah. Yes. So two thumbs up. Backed hard. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. You know, it's it, pretty good. Yeah, even if you have to start from the beginning or you want to watch it over, do it. This is the fucking news. Steven Spielberg has stepped back from um Indiana Jones franchise and will not be directing the fifth movie according to sources. James Mangold, the director of X-Men Logan and Ford vs. Ferrari, um, is tipped as being most likely to take charge of the movie instead. But Spielberg said he'll still serve as producer on Indiana Jones 5. Yeah, it doesn't matter. To be honest, <laughs> like I, I don't think that that's much of a change. No. I, Especially if you have a director that you know is capable of doing something you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of less just the idea that he's not going to be there is shocking, right? 
but and, I I think it's fine. Yeah, one, well, and we've seen when he pro- even when he does step back and just produces, like with Poltergeist or Gremlins, he still involves himself in it. Like I, there's there's been rumors on like Gremlin or was it Gremlins or Poltergeist where he basically went in he like. Push the director out of the way, and you just started directing part, like part of, like parts of the movie are directed by him because he still needed to get involved. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm the Lyndon Johnson of this. I got to swing my big dick around. Other than yeah, other than that, I don't feel like there's a problem. No, and and we've we've kind of talked about it before, but him being this like amazing director, whatever, blah blah blah, it's not really necessary today mm-hmm. because he's had his heyday. Yeah. And not saying that all of his movies are bad. No. Like recent movies are bad. Oh. But they're they just really don't hold up to like his classics. So exactly. I think I think that the reason why this is getting a lot of traction is because people heard Indiana Jones. Yeah. And they heard Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. and they're like, yes, finally a clap. What could go wrong? Indiana Jones, Steven Spielberg, two things I love from my childhood. I've never seen this happen ever again. Yeah. There was only the the first three. Yeah. So, so why why what? would why would anything bad ever come out of this? And I think that that was you know why they were excited. Uh, but yeah, they then they tend to forget you hated Crystal Skull. Yeah, they hated the fourth one. And that's ex- <gasps> and this that's exactly what you got last time. No. Oh, what. I bet when the fifth one comes down, they don't like it. They're gonna be like, "Um, I actually liked Crystal Skull because Spielberg directed it." Yeah, I, which I was gonna say. Honestly, I could see this. It's gonna be like being just as good as the other movies, yeah. and then everyone goes, "This actually was pretty bad when you think about it." Um, this didn't make a lot of sense, and then they go back and be like, "The one thing that I really appreciated with Crystal Skull." Was you know, <laughs> blah, yeah. blah, blah. it's gonna be it's essentially the it's an it's analogous to George Lucas with especially with Star Wars. Like he did the original ones and everyone loved those ones, right? He did another set of them and he's and everyone hated it, right? Then now, well, Disney owns both because they're Lucasfilm, so Disney wants to make a fifth Indiana Jones, and they make a new set of Star Wars films. It's going to be the same thing. The Indi- those Indiana Jones fans out there, um, they're going to be like, oh, "Yeah, oh, this new one was." Oh, I mean, oh, come on! Like, you're not even going to have Spielberg direct it. Oh. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think it matters either way. It'd be different if he actually just stepped away from the whole project uh-huh. and, you know, was like, hey, you know, I think they're more than capable. I got to work on Queeby, guys. So, yeah. you you know, I need, I, I need, that needs my attention. He just finished with Apple TV. He's got to move on to Queeby. I honestly don't see a big deal in it. Uh, yeah, no, me either. I, I feel like it's going to feel exactly yeah. like an Indiana Jones movie. It's you, not. It's not like you're getting someone you, super eccentric making an a crazy like. It's not like you're getting like you're you're. Oh well, you know. I heard this Ari Aster guy's pretty good. Maybe he can make one, and him trying to you know put yeah. his, his own touch on it. That'd be crazy. Or or even you know like, yeah. It's like oh you know well, you know 
I always want to work with David Lynch, so let's give him a shot. Oh, God. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like you're, you're getting so someone. It'd be so crazy it was David Lynch. Yeah, it's not like you're giving some, someone like like that who's a little bit out there. You know, it's someone who can fall. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, but who can fall in line and be like, yeah. I can make a good film, well, so I can do this. And as we've seen in the past, when it's still produced by the original maker or like the, someone who has a feel to them, We've seen that with like John Carpenter. When John Carpenter produces a film, it feels like a John Carpenter film. It still feel like it feels like it has a, it has a DNA in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It you, you see that every and even look at Poltergeist, look at Gremlins. They feel like Steven Spielberg films. They're not directed by him, but they feel like they're they're his film because he produced them. Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. No. So Roman Polanski just won the best director at um, the Caesar Awards, the French equivalent of the Academy Awards, um, which prompted several actresses to walk out of the ceremony. Although Polanski did not attend the ceremony, citing planned protests outside the venue, he won best director for the film Jacques, known outside of France as an officer and a spy. After the win was announced, actress Adele Hanel the star of the film um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I still want to watch, who also revealed last year that she had been sexually abused by a director as a child, walked out of the ceremony. She exited the venue yelling out, Shame. Uh, the disgraced uh, film director was arrested for, obviously this is way in the 77, for ra- um, drugging and raping a 13-year-old, um, Samantha Greemer. He pleaded guilty. He pleaded guilty to this. Uh, two statutory rape, but then fled to to Europe before completing his sentence, obviously, because he's a coward. Distinguishing Polanski is spitting in the face of all victims. It means raping women isn't that bad. That's what uh, Hanel uh, previously said, obviously, about his nomination. Um, Jessica Chastain, um, who's been a very vocal about like sexual harassment in Hollywood, you know, applauded Hanel. Uh, and on Twitter, sharing a video of her walkout caption, I fucking stand. So this is what Polanski had to say. We know how this evening will unfold already. Activists are already threatening me with a public lynching, with some saying they are going to protest outside. What place can there be in such deplorable conditions for a film about defense of truth and the fight for justice, blind hate, and anti-Semitism? Right? Like he's the he's the true defender. Yeah. He's the Donald Trump in this. I mean, not because <laughs> not be well, more because he's he's the the light warrior that's gonna save us, right? Yeah. Bridget Bardot, um, an actress, I guess, also shared a handwritten message to the director on Twitter, writing, "Thankfully, Polanski exists, and he is saving cinema from its mediocrity. I judge him on his talent and not on his private life. I regret never having shot with him. It's just ridiculous that, yeah, like why? I mean, we've banned him from America, obviously. Well, because if he sets foot here, he's immediately arrested and thrown in jail. But." Like, why do these places keep giving these people, like, platforms to... Like, they do it with Woody Allen, too, where, like, he he gets to release his films in, like, these other countries and do well. Yeah, it's just... It's... You would think by now, 2020, mm. right, yeah. that this isn't something that we would cover. A Roman Polanski film winning an award. 
not like an award he made online. He's like, hey, this film, you know, about you. Know. Even like making movies seems ridiculous mm-hmm. because of what he's done. Yeah. It's not even speculation. He pled guilty yeah. to it. Even then, like, I, I gotta know. It just it feels so disgusting yeah. that this shit is still going on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're right because it's not. It's not like this just happened, and people still want to form their opinions because they want all the facts. It's like, no, this happened decades ago, and he literally fled the country so he didn't have to get in trouble for. Something he did. Yeah, and because he's not an American citizen, he, they don't have to extradite him. So he gets to he gets to go back to his home country. He gets to keep making films, and as long as um, he doesn't set foot in America, he's golden. Yeah, I mean we've known for a long time that this whole situation oh, yeah. has been disgusting. Well, it's like what um what's his name um Ronan Farrow's been saying like this is like disgust like he's been like calling people out too like on this. It's just like we need to we need to stop giving support to people who we've shed a light on the the horrible things that they've done, and for some reason they keep getting rewarded. Yeah, but that's kind of the the state of of our like society. That's true. I mean, just look at like our political landscape. Exactly, where these things are constantly shown and proven. About certain candidates and people just want to look past it because they're like, yeah, but this thing. And it's like, that doesn't mean shit in the grand scale of things. Yeah. Well, at least, I mean, Roy Moore is a a pedophile, but at least he's not a Democrat. Exactly. See, don't you get it? At least he's not a Democrat, right? (laughs) Who cares if Harvey Weinstein took advantage of all these women? Look at all the good movies he produced. Shakespeare in Love. The other movies. Yeah. Who cares what Bill Cosby ever did? He was hilarious in the Cosby show. Yeah, he never said the N-word. Yeah, he always talked about how urban youths are bad. Wow. I hope he dies soon. Me like, too. Why can't he just A lot die? of these people, right? Like, like, how is Harvey Weinstein still alive? Like, he should be dead. How is Woody Allen still alive? It's disgusting. Who can fill... Hugh Jackman's shoes. A viral rumor that Henry Cavill might be cast as the new Wolverine in the upcoming Captain Marvel 2 movie was debunked, but still leaves open the question of which actor is best suited to play the beloved X-Men character. Hugh Jackman played the character um, of Wolverine for 16 years in various X-Men movies, as well as the most recent film, Logan. But in 2018... Jackman told MTV he was done playing the character Wolverine. These are the five choices from the interwebs that said should take over. Okay. First up, John Bernthal. Uh, I could both see it mm-hmm. and not see it. Yeah. Uh, he does have that demeanor. Yes. Yeah. Um, He's gruff- gruffy, I guess. Is that what you would call him? Yeah. And, and I mean... <sighs> If Hugh Jackman could play the Wolverine, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he could hit it out of the park. Yeah. Next one. Jason Momoa. <laughs> yeah, that's literally going the other direction. 
Uh, the next one, actually, I'm like, okay, I can, I can see this one. Tom Hardy. Uh, mm-hmm. This one's going to make um, Junior, like, not only go boing, but, like, he's just going to, like, be like, guys, I got to go change my pants. Charlie Hunnam, obviously, right? If you were thinking of Wolverine, wouldn't you think of Charlie Hunnam, right? Last one. This one's, this actually, this last one's actually kind of interesting because I'm like, that would be an interesting take on the character. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. You know what? Out of everyone, I could see that. Yeah. Because honestly, I think it, 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 you could do it differently. You could, you, you don't have to necessarily be like he's, you could still say he's Canadian because I think Oscar Isaac sits in that space where it's like, he's white, right? He's so ambiguous. Yeah. I think, <laughs> but I think also you could do is like, you could change up his backstory and you could say like, he's some kind of like Latinx person. Yeah. Well, so obviously my big gripe with the way people portray Wolverine now is that he's this huge yes, hunk. Yes, I know. Me too. You know, that, oh, he's like so good looking and tall and handsome. And it's like, no, no he's uh-uh. just like this short, super buff. Yeah. Like crazy piece of shit yeah that's how he was supposed to, that's how he was in the comics that's how he was in the animated show it wasn't until that um showman himself hugh jackman came around i think that's why everyone thinks of him like that because they've seen what well, i mean how long was he what for over what 10 years no because it because it came out what 2016 two? 17 years yeah almost almost two decades yeah of just this one guy as Wolverine. Yeah. And then I hate that they kept bringing him back too, like for cameos. Cause it's like, you could have done some, that's what, um, Matthew Vaughn wanted. He wanted to replace, he wanted a new actor for Wolverine. And yeah. cause he wanted to do a specific trilogy. That's a whole different story, but he wanted to replace, um, Hugh Jackman. He wanted a new actor. And it's like, yeah, you know, we could have had that, but you guys kept saying like, but we love you, Jackman. <laughs> and in this MCU, which is constantly hitting the mark with mm. these characters, I'm certain that they're going to do the right thing. But yeah. people want them to go, well, who's who's like bigger and more handsome? Oh, Henry Cavill. Uh, oh Jason God. Momoa. Those guys, oh those guys can play Wolverine. When, as like, soon as I read jo- Jason Momoa, I was like, no, that's yeah. fucking stupid. It's, it's, I'm like, you guys are going the wrong direction. What they, the Oscar Isaac thing, I could kind of see, especially like see him try to see how he, how buff he can get. Be kind of interesting. Yeah. But what they need to do is they just need to get a new actor. Yeah. Like a brand new actor. Mm-hmm. Like for someone who's like, Five eight, yeah, right. Maybe can- actually Canadian, maybe. <laughs> um, and yeah, and and get someone who has like a closer build. Mm-hmm. You know, I know this is kind of going off topic, but on the same, there's a wrestler in AEW who goes by the name Pack, who honestly, like, he fits the idea of how I could see a Wolverine being. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a little like he's not short. But he's short in statue compared to you know yeah. these six seven guys. Mm. Uh, but he's super fucking buff. 
He's really fucking mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is he's like Irish or whatever, but we can forgive him for that. Yeah. But someone like that, right? Someone who's who like actually fits the mold, try to go for that. And I know like sometimes that feels like it's wrong trying to just cast someone the way they look. But at the same point, it kind of works sometimes. Yeah. I'm just saying that Marvel has been really hitting it out of the park with these casting, mm. with making these characters. So I'm almost positive they're not going to go that direction of having a, a Henry Cavill-esque person be like, yeah, I'm Wolverine. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm okay with what's going to happen. But I do think that everyone's wrong. It's going to be someone, hopefully new, hopefully yeah. random. Hopefully, it, 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 honestly, it's probably going to be someone who's like, oh, that guy? Like, he's going to be uh, some guy we've seen on, like, TV shows a couple of times. Or- They're going to pull, like, a Heath Ledger where it's, like, someone you recognize, but you're like, oh, I don't know if he could do it. Then you see him, and you're like, oh, you know what? I see it. Yeah. Like, if, if uh, like, if John Berthold never expanded anything out of, like, Walking Dead, right? Yeah. Because he was always that, like, somewhat, like, I, I've seen that guy around before. Yeah. But, you know, then he kept doing more stuff and more stuff. Yeah. But and there's the Punisher. <laughs> the Punisher. Um, so I think that's the direction they're going to go. And all, in all honesty, I think they're going to get someone who's, like, 35, 30 years old. Who can pl- who he's going to look a little bit older. Hopefully he's not, like, 6'2". He's probably, hopefully he's, like, yeah. It'd be nice if he's under six foot to at least get like closer to, I think, because I think in the comic book, he's supposed to be like five, four. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's short. Yeah. But he's like super fucking buff. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I think is going to happen. I think the internet needs to shut the fuck up. I know. <laughs> I think they need to stop trying to fan cast this thing. God. It doesn't need to be fan cast. They do it all the time too. F- focus on your Fantastic Four fan cast. That's probably going to be closer to where you're going to get anyways. I Honestly, they keep saying John Krasin- Krasinski. <coughs> I think that's probably going to happen because they keep saying it and saying it and saying it. Not the studio, but I think because I think, and I'm pretty sure he wants to do it, right? Yeah. It'd be interesting. That'd be kind of cool. I, I'd like that. Like I said, Marvel has been hitting it out of the park with these to, even if I'm not sure at first, I'm like, yeah, this actually, this actually fits really well. <laughs> yeah. So... As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? What happened to him? He cut his wrists. Per his final wishes, you're getting five million dollars. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. He can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? He was a sociopath, completely in control 
have everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. I found something that can prove what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today. He's not dead. I have a pile of ashes in the box that would disagree with you. He has figured out a way to be invisible. Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you, even in death. Adrian's true genius was how he got in people's heads. Don't come any closer. Hey! I'm not crazy. Please listen to me. You're saying the person trying to kill you is in the room right now, but we can't see him? He's listening. Where are you? Where are you? Show yourself. Come on. Do it. There you are. The Invisible Man is a 2020 science fiction horror film written and directed by Lee Winnell. Trapped in a violent, controlling relationship with wealthy optic scientist Adrian Griffin, played by Oliver Jackson Cohen, Cecilia Cass, played by Elizabeth Moss, drugs him with diazepam and sneaks through the house, her bags already packed and disabling the security cameras to make a clean escape. She flees to the road to meet her sister Emily, played by Harriet Dyer. Cecilia is almost caught by Adrian, but escapes with Emily. Cecilia hides out with her childhood friend James, played by Aldous Hodge, a police detective, and his teenage daughter Sydney, played by Storm Reed. Two weeks later, Adrian commits suicide and leaves Cecilia five million in his will, which is being handled and organized by Adrian's brother Tom, played by Michael Dorman. As Cecilia tries to move forward, she becomes plagued with misfortune. She is disturbed by an unconfirmed presence in the house. When she leaves breakfast cooking, a knife removes itself from the counter and the stove turns itself up and catches fire. At a job interview for an architecture firm, Cecilia opens her portfolio to find it empty. After trying to stand, she faints and is taken to the hospital. Later on, the doctor calls and says that they found high levels of diazepam in her system. Shortly thereafter, she finds the same bloodied prescription bottle with which she drugged Adrian and had dropped outside his house in her own bathroom. She arranges a meeting with Tom, bringing James along, and insists that Adrian, as a leader in optic science, has found a way to become invisible and faked his death to torment her. Tom explains that Adrian had also abused him, disregarding her concerns. Cecilia turns to her sister, only to discover that she has been sent a hateful email from Cecilia's account. Emily tells her that Adrian is dead and slams the door in her face. Cecilia goes home to read the email and breaks down. She's confronted by Sydney, but out of nowhere, Sydney is violently hit by an unseen figure while her head is turned away from Cecilia. James, furious, rushes his daughter out of the house. Distraught, Cecilia tries a number of tactics to catch the figure. After finding Adrian's old phone in the attic with both the missing knife and her absent portfolio, she finally reveals the figure when she pours white paint over him. 
A violent struggle ensues and she flees the house. She visits Adrian's home to investigate and discover a suit that uses cameras to render the wearer invisible. She takes it and hides it in the house before escaping another attack from the figure, wearing a separate suit. When Cecilia attempts to tell her sister about the suit, the figure slits Emily's throat in a packed restaurant and puts a knife in her hand to frame Cecilia for the murder. Remanded to a secure treatment center while she awaits trial, Cecilia is informed by the medical staff that she is recently pregnant. Tom visits her and offers to help her if she agrees to return to him, implying that he helped his brother stage his suicide. Cecilia refuses his offer, but manages to steal a pen from his briefcase, which she uses later to slit her wrists in an attempt to lure Adrian out. When Adrian tries to stop her, she stabs him repeatedly. This causes his suit to malfunction and flicker in and out of visibility, drawing the attention of security. Adrian incapacitates and murders the security staff as he flees the building, but Cecilia follows him and attempts to kill him with the security guard's gun. Adrian subdues her and admits that he will not harm her while she is pregnant. He plans to kill Sydney instead. Cecilia races to James' house where she finds them both being attacked by an invisible intruder. She sprays a fire extinguisher and ends up shooting and killing him. She amasses the assailant revealing not Adrian but Tom instead. When police find Adrian alive in his house, tied up and locked in the basement, claiming that he was his brother's captive all along, Cecilia claims that Adrian sent Tom to James' house, knowing what would happen. In an attempt to get Adrian to admit his role, she meets him for dinner at his house to discuss her pregnancy while wearing a wire for James to listen to her. She offers to reconcile, but only if he is honest with her about his involvement. Adrian denies it, but when Cecilia starts to cry, he subtly alludes to his actions in the invisible suit with his use of the word surprise, which she whispered to her while she was being sedated in the treatment center. Cecilia smiles and says she needs to go clean herself up, disappearing into the bathroom. Suddenly, the kitchen knife rises seemingly by itself and slits Adrian's throat in full view of a security camera, making it seem as if he committed suicide. Moments later, the cameras catch Cecilia emerging from the bathroom. She leans in and taunts a dying Adrian, revealing she used the spare suit to murder him and get away with it. James arrives and asks Cecilia what happened. She assures him that Adrian committed suicide. He sees the invisible suit in her handbag, but accepts her story. Cecilia walks away from the house, her expression victorious. Hollow Man. No, we're doing the Invisible Man. That's what I said. No, uh, no we're doing the new one that oh, just came out. The Invisible Man. Yeah. Not starring Kevin Bacon. No, no. So, <clears throat> obviously, this movie has been gaining some traction. Mm-hmm. So, we decided why not review it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Dom, since you are a reviewer, a reviewer mm. of movies. Yes. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what you thought about it? I had heard it was good, right? And I was like, well, it is Lee Waynell, and he does pretty good films. Like, every once in a while, he'll have, like, a miss here and there. Um, but, you know, like, he's he's he's, he's pretty good. I, I like him. I think he's pretty good. So I was like, all right, let's, let's go into that. And Elizabeth Moss is, is usually pretty good, especially in um, Mad Men. She's, she's great. And at first I was like, oh, I, th- 
okay, this is... Uh, and then... As the movie progressed, though, I was like, okay, this is an interesting take on it. Because it I, I honestly didn't see it coming the way it was. Because I thought it was going to be more of like... Like the original one where like he creates a serum and like all this like science fiction stuff, but like I like the twist. the The twist is that it's not a serum; it's like a suit, and it's like it actually makes more. Like I like that they updated for now, where it's like, oh yeah, technology is catching up to the stuff where it's like, yeah, you could make a like honestly, yeah, that's what's not what once was just science fiction. Yeah, is now becoming reality. Yeah. It's that scared, and I liked also too that they explored like this abusive. Rel- I mean, I don't like it, but sounds like you like it. No, you don't. No, you know what I mean. Like, I'm glad that they explored like relationships where this this person is overcoming like their abuser, right? Like that's the whole point. Of, like that was the whole point of the film is that she's overcoming her abuser. And and it wasn't just. I mean, yeah, she does say that like at, at times it was physical a little bit, but not a lot. But it was mostly mental and emotional. And it's like, yeah, that I feel like I'm not going to say that's worse than than physical abuse because it's just as bad. Just because someone's not physically hurting you, the emotional toll, the the mental toll it takes on you, like. To be like that, it's like, yeah, like, and that, and the fact that he basically created a compound to keep her in there is, is fucking ridiculous. But yeah, like, and I do love too that, like, she goes to her friend, they don't make like a romance out of it. Like, I like that. I like when characters are just, they're their friends. She's been in this, their, their life before this. Like, that's why, like, she gets along with it, like, really well. And yeah, I mean, honestly though, this it's shot really well. Like I love the scenes where it, it pans, but I do like when I do like how they the effects though too. Like they make it seem like he's invisible, like the whole time. Like I'm, it it actually looks like how you would expect like something being picked up by something invisible would look. What does it say about the state of filmmaking where? Universal wanted to put so much money and time and effort mm-hmm. to make the dark universe and it failed completely. Yeah, that too. And Bloomhouse stepped in and was like, oh we can God. do this. And oh essentially pull, pulled it off. I think, do, should we, do we need to give him more credit <laughs> than we normally do? Because he, well, I mean, I mean, honestly, we know his, yeah, his, his vision of making film. It's let's just keep making them. Yeah, something's gonna hit. Yes, which I mean, honestly, has has worked. Because oh, I mean, it took a while. <laughs> yes, but yeah, it's been working. But this movie is good. Now, I will say that people were selling it like you're saying. People were selling it like it. It kind of feels like remember when you watch Get Out. And, like, it just completely took you back, and you're like, oh, this is one of the best horror films of all time. It's not that. No. But it, it's way better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I, when, Especially when you tell me that there's going to be an Invisible Man horror film with Elizabeth Moss in it. I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> but what we got was like, oh, yeah. For what we got, 
this movie is really good. There was a little there was a little bit I wish that I kind of wish they did a little bit more with. Yeah. Um I thought okay, so so after watching the movie and thinking about it, one thing I really thought would have worked super well for the film is if they started off with you could probably show him doing some like crazy like yoga shit where he's like balancing himself with one finger because later on in the movie they make it seem like he's very superheroish. Yeah. Cuz he's literally beating the shit out of I think like 10 police officers. Mm. Which Well, no, that's the brother, isn't it? Or is that him? That see what I think so what happened I think is that's him. They he escapes, his brother goes and he goes back to the house. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Because how did they find him in the... Yeah. You're right. Yeah, okay, okay. But, yeah, because it was like, they make it seem like he's ridiculously strong. Yeah. Well, there, there was a part, too, where she the gun's right there, and he's, like, fighting these yeah. police officers. I'm like, why didn't she... It. Yeah, why didn't she... <laughs> like, if, if this was real life, I'm pretty sure they would have picked it up, even if they don't know how to use the gun, and would have just started, like... And even at the end, when she, like does fire at him she goes one and then like two and then three like it's like no empty that like i even said it in the i was like empty the clip in him like just keep firing till he he goes down yeah i feel like that would have been a little bit more realistic she just like just ballistic the the reason why i say that for the beginning was you could have shown him being super strong yeah being this crazy centric millionaire guy you could have maybe just showed them like kind of being normal. So when it cuts to her sneaking out and then everything else later, it builds up this thing that maybe she is crazy. Or or maybe instead of like having to show that, what you do is you cut to like a year later. So then in that time, he's been like buffing up. Yeah, like, yeah, right? Like, that, oh. that would even make, and that would be cool too because then you could show that the fact that this traumatized her so much that even a year later, yeah. she's having trouble going outside to 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 get the mail. Yeah. But I mean that's nitpicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's of like course. things I wish they did. But for the whole film, it was really good. Oh it yeah. It was almost exactly what I would want from an Invisible Man mm-hmm. movie. And I don't think we would have got that if we got the Dark Universe. Yeah, and I mean, if anyone doesn't know what the Dark Universe is, it was Universal's plan to well, with Dracula, no, actually, no way, not Dracula Untold. With the Wolfman, no way. Was it the Wolfman they originally wanted to, or was it the original Mummy? I mean, the Mummy from the nineties. I think they I wanted to remember. start there. Maybe it was the Wolfman, and then it failed, and then they're like, okay, well, because Dra- Tomb of the Dragon Emperor failed, like then was a bomb. Yeah. Then the Wolfman, and that was a bomb. Although it's not as bad as everyone says. Yeah. And then, um. Dracula Untold came out. Yeah, see, we're gonna we're gonna do it. See, we put a stinger at the end for you. Oh, this this movie bombed. Yeah, no, no, that that wasn't the start of it. The this new mummy is the start of it. Oh, you mean just because we put a Scientologist in the lead doesn't mean it's gonna? Oh, oh, it didn't work. Well, uh, we still want to go ahead with these other ones, but then Jason Blum walks in and. He's like, well, I got Lee Wayne Allen over here, and he wants to make this movie. And they're like, <sighs> well, actually, I think what he did was he kicked the door, and he's like, 
big dick coming in here. <laughs> He's like, so I heard that. Well, you guys did didn't work out, which makes a lot of sense. But hear me out. Mm. Just let me make it. I'll give it a decent, a decent movie budget. Mm. And it's going to be a hit. And they're like, no, we know what we're doing. We're going to throw $3 million at it. No, no. It's going to be amazing. No. You guys don't know how to make movies, obviously. <laughs> you can throw money all you want, and they're not. it's not going to be good. I know that if you just throw some money at a movie, you'll make back more than what you threw at it. But either way, I mean, he whatever they did worked. Yeah. Um, the way they pulled it off, everything like made sense. You're right. The fact that which once was so sci-fi, ooh, invisible. You can only do that through magic and potions and whatever and weird science. It doesn't make sense. It's like no, it actually makes a lot of sense with like yeah. micro cameras and you know these like projection screens or whatever. And it's like, oh, that's even more scary. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, shit, that can actually happen. Um, which is cool because also one thing I really liked was for a while I wasn't sure who her husband was. Like, I mean, I know that's her husband. But the way that they kind of show this thing, it was almost like, is he like a mad scientist? But then it's like, oh, no, he's just like this tech person. I'm like, oh. So it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Be, you know what I mean? Because his like, thing looks super stale. And w- they pass the thing. And it's like, oh, that's something. And you th- and at first you think it's going to be like a place that he steps into. And like this gas is going to. Like it looks like a place where you yeah, step in yeah, and the yeah. gas will like go around you. And you become invisible. But in reality, it's like, no, there's an invisible suit right there. Yeah, because I like that, too, where she thinks, yeah, she thinks that. Because I think, doesn't she, like, put her hand down and she hits something? And that's when she's like, oh. Yeah. Because, oh, on the the, the camera, on the thing, she's like, well, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah. Yeah. So that was super smart and really funny to me because I was, like, I was thinking exactly the same as her. Like, oh, there has to be some, like, poster or something, right? But nope. Boom cameras, and I, you know what? I, do you like the? Uh, I'd love to see the behind the scenes for this stuff because, like, the way that they like they he like cut the sister's throat like out of nowhere and like threw the like put the knife in her hand really yeah. quick like that was like at I was like fuck, damn this dude's not like playing around, and then too it's like it's just like how crazy well, she <laughs> just sounds too. When when that happened too, I was like. Well, don't they have cameras in there? Can well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, how are the police not going to look at the cameras and just see a knife, like, slash, and then, like, her hand raised up and the knife go in her hand? You could nitpick this, mm. sure. Because it is, essentially, it is a Bloomhouse film. Yeah. Um, And it's not, it's not what I thought we were going to get. No. But it's but, yeah. exactly what I want would have wanted. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if they were to continue doing this shit, it would be interesting to see how this would have been a dark universe. So what you're saying is give Jason Blum all of the I don't know Universal Monsters. Let him make Dracula. Let him make um, Frankenstein. Let him. You know what? Honestly, why not? You know, that's what I was. I was like, you know what? Because now that I say it out loud, it's like. Creature from the Black Lagoon, but like Jason or Blumhouse's Creature from the Black Lagoon, I'd be like, 
honestly, I kind of want to see it because I want to. I want to know how they would do it. But in all honesty, it's a good film. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, I would say go watch it. Oh yeah. If you like horror, mm-hmm. or if you like any of those Universal monsters, this does it justice. Yeah. I mean, it's not supernatural in that way, but it still makes it feel like you're watching something. I don't know. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good film. Backed hard. Cha-ching. Go watch it. Go watch it. Yeah. This week we're going to talk about Easter eggs in films. You know, that little thing that pops up in um, films once in a while that, like, it's a callback to, or it's a reference to, or, like, um, either something in pop culture or another film, or even something that the the director themselves have done, like um, Fox Force 5 and Pulp Fiction. In the famous restaurant scene in Pulp Fiction, Mia Wallace... Um, played by Uma Thurman, tells John Travolta's character about the time she had a TV show pilot that didn't go so well and got canceled. That pilot was allegedly called Fox Force 5, about five women who make their living as secret agents. Almost a decade later, Tarantino's Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2, it's basically the same story except, like, afterwards. So um, I kind of think what what he did there was, like, I think because I, a lot of people say in the universe that Inglorious Bastards is like really happened and they killed Hitler, right? And so like because it was in a movie theater, they say like, oh, violence in like movies is amped up, and that's why Kill Bill is a movie set in that universe. Yeah, because there's there's supposed to be the the separate right. Where yeah, there's people in his universe that are also in his movie verse. Mm. But they're all in the same universe. Yeah. But they're and just, that yeah. Mia Wallace is the actress playing the bride right. in, in Kill Bill. And that instead of doing a TV show, they made a, like a movie. So that's I, I think that's a pretty interesting one. Yeah. That's more of a, like a fan theory. But I like that they he brings up in an early, like it's a, it's a call well, but forward. He, but he did say, like he's the one who told us that yeah. there's like... There's movies in this universe. Yeah. Where I think he said, like, even he considers, like, Dust Till Dawn a part of mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. Because it's him playing in that Natural movie. And I think Natural Born Killers, too, right? Because he wrote so. it. Yeah. Uh, this one I found really interesting. Um, the Stone Trolls and the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, obviously, the scope of Tolkien's world is so big that it's literally impossible to include all the bits and pieces that make the story unique and unsurpassed. However, whenever he could, Peter Jackson managed to sneak in details that made Tolkien fans happy. One of these tidbits is the scene with Aragorn and the Hobbits, where you can clearly see three petrified trolls in the background. They aren't talked about. The action doesn't revolve around them. They're just there. This is taken directly from the books. Since the Lord of the Rings films came out, um, you know, before the Hobbit films... It's it's a, obviously it's a tie-in, but because in the Hobbit, Bilbo tricks these trolls into co- going out and or staying up till um, sun um, sunrise, and they get turned into stone. And I think that's such a like interesting like little thing. See, like that's the the Easter yeah. eggs I like, where it's like especially like when you think about it. Originally, it was just like 
a callback Easter egg to see. Like, it's cool, right? But then them going out of the way to be like, yeah, see, we can actually show that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like and, that. I like stuff like that. Yeah. Where, yeah, they don't, they, and I love that they don't talk about, they don't even, they're not like, hey, look at these weird statues or anything. And like they point it out or anything. It's just like, if you're a true nerd, a true nerd, um, like Peter Jackson. Yeah. And you're like paying attention to the film and you see it and you're like, oh yeah, from the Hobbit. But like it's like a split second. Like you wouldn't even like you wouldn't even notice. It's like see? Yeah. I like that. Ash, Freddie, and Jason. So true horror fans know there's a connection between De- uh the Evil Dead and Nightmare and Elm Street franchise. In the first um Elm Street film, the main character, uh Nancy, can be seen watching Evil Dead while she falls asleep. You could say the two horror films share a recuperial relationship. Some speculate that it's a thank you to um, Elm Street director Wes Craven for including Evil Dead in such a huge blockbuster uh, mainstream film. Um, When Ash heads down to the cellar in Evil Dead 2, Freddy Krueger's bladed glove can clearly be seen hanging on the wall. To push one even further, the Necronomicon shows up in Jason Goes to Hell, right? And not only that, but also the Skull Dagger from um, Evil Dead series. In that film, too, at the very end, we see that Freddy's glove comes up and pulls down um, Jason's mask, leading into the Freddy versus Jason. But then in the comic books, they did do uh, Freddy versus Jason versus ass. At ass. <laughs> Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Which I think that's awesome that these, like, it's kind of like that thing where in in Predator 2, because they had an Easter egg of a Xenomorph skull, and they, because they were, they were calling back to, like, the comic books, uh, Alien vs. Predators, that because of that, it resulted in people being like, oh, wait, so they take place in the same universe, even though they were owned by, like, different companies at the time. Yeah. And then they decided to make the film, Alien vs. Predator, they decided to make the comic book, um, Jason versus freddie versus ash which i think is like a that's a pretty cool one because i think from there they say that jason's like a deadite which actually like makes more sense to everything that we've seen in the um friday the 13th series because it's like oh shit so like his mom used the the necronomicon to bring him back or whatever yeah and it's like i like that that's that's pretty cool when it's like all these cool like interconnected like weaving things but that leads to um then in the bride, bride of Chucky, where we see the the police station, the evidence room, the evidence lockers, it has like Freddy's glove and it has Jason's mask and the the chainsaw, Leatherface's chainsaw, and then it has Michael's mask and it has um, like a bunch of different things from other like horror. Oh, so it's like, so that means that this all takes place in the same universe the and horrors. behind the mask was right, the craziest. Like, most ridiculous Easter egg is, is this one. And it's, it's going to take a while, so. <clears throat> From Under the Silver Lake. So if you haven't seen that film, go out and watch it. We reviewed it not too long ago. Um, it's a pretty good movie. There's a cable news ticker that briefly mentions Copile Graffiti. It's C-O-P-I-A-L-E Graffiti, right? This is a reference to the Copile Cypher. A 250-year-old 
code that wasn't deciphered until 2011. Sure enough, later in the movie, when Sam is barfing in the bathroom stall, the walls feature graffiti made up of mysterious characters that are part of the the Copal code. The graffiti translates to coffee menu, which suggests examining the first scene in the movie, which takes place in a coffee shop. Instead of leading us to say, uh, like, listing for, like, muffins or whatever, if you take a closer look, it reveals that the pattern on the bottom of the menu is Morse code. The Morse code translates to X-J-V-O-O-J-R-Y-X-E-R-S-W. It's not because of, like, anything crazy. Like, that's there on purpose. It's another code. We see the cipher for it scrawled on the wall of a conspiracy nut's house later. It translates to what three words, which doesn't make sense, obviously, except for um, E should actually be E-E, which you would know if you obsessively focused on the bottom corner of... Uh, okay, because there's, a, there's a, um, a billboard that says, I think, what th- three words or something... In the, in the film, and it says, so what it really translates to, what three words, what does that mean? Well, what three with the number three words is a geocoding system for the communication of locations with a resolution of three meters, which encodes geographic coordinates to three dictionary words. So this website allows people to search for real-world locations using a designation that consists of three seemingly random words, further underscoring that, um, you know, it's um, that you're on the right track. The company logo is similar to the hobo code seen in the movie. Under each is a weird symbol, set of symbols that happen to be from the Zodiac Killer's cryptogram. The three words are tombstone, sheriff, and entries. All three words recognized by what three words, the what three words. Now here's where everything gets tricky or trickier. For one, there's no clear order for the for the words. So it's this like long, like his movie itself is a movie about codes and finding the code that, the, the, the cracking yeah. the code and this and that. <clears throat> and I love that, oh, what's his name? Um, David Rob, Robert Mitchell, is that his name? No, Robert, David, I don't remember. His last name is Mitchell. I remember that. He, um, the director of uh, It Follows, he not only, like, has this crazy person trying to crack these codes, right, but he decides to put in, like, this even crazier, like, string of codes within that, like, only someone who, like, would go out of their way to, like, crack all, that likes cracking all these codes would be able to crack. Oh, yeah, I cracked this one code. So it leads me to this code, which leads me to that code, which means me to this. Which, like, it, it's such a, like, a ridiculous thing. But, like, just, like, I love that it's just, like, there. That it's just hilarious that it's there. It's, uh, it's kind of like the, um, what are they called? Like ARGs or whatever? Yes, alternate reality games. Yeah. <clears throat> that go hand in hand with movies because it just adds another layer to it. Yeah. Where you can watch a movie and say that's that, but then you could go like, obviously Cloverfield did it really well where it adds this whole other thing that we end up didn't even not knowing the complete story of till years later. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's confusing, but it's awesome. Yeah. I hope that this shit never goes away. Yeah, no. It's too either. intriguing. It's too fun. It's too exciting. The 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 fact that an Easter egg can spark so much in something, 
I think is even better. I mean, we we talk about how much like we loved Prometheus, even though people don't get it. But if you think about the movie and the idea and everything, it's insane that that technically started because he threw this one piece of a uh, of a movie from thirty years prior. He had this one thing in it, and he was like, "This is a whole other story that we didn't even hear about," you know. Until, yeah, well, like three decades later. Yeah. So it's like shit like that is cool. So when you when you have Easter eggs that are saying, hey, you know this, um, you know your favorite horror movie? Yeah, did you know that actually ties into your other favorite horror movie? And then they tell you like, oh, see, look at it. And it's like, oh, shit, yeah. Huh. Oh, fuck. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It It just makes everything richer, you know? So, I don't know. People are always going to hate it. Oh, yeah. But to me, this shit is fun. Mm. And, yeah, like I mean, like like you said, like how sometimes it could just be like, oh, this is a, like, this is talking about this, which is actually tied into this, whatever. But other times it's like, hey, you know this movie about, like, secrets and codes and stuff? Yeah, well, there's actually a secret cold in this movie and then you have people you you have to watch that movie over again to be like where is it where is it what does this mean you know someone literally sat there probably went frame by frame and was like is that that's something right oh that's oh that's that that's literally what they've been doing with um what is it um guardians of the galaxy because isn't there still one more that people haven't found yeah that which it's it's so funny when you hear that too because Gun said to this one guy, he was like, "You're almost there," and he's yeah. like, "I don't know what the fuck it is." Like, he was like, "I literally went through every single thing I could think of, and I can't figure out." And he was like, "Then I went back to see what I was saying, and I still don't get what can go from there." That's a that that would be like yeah, that's frustrating. Um, so yeah, I don't know that Easter eggs are awesome. If you don't like them, <laughs> you suck. You're boring. Get out of here. Yeah. But um, with that, we'll just say thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you, we guys. We appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Um, what's not an Easter egg mm. is our episodes because you can get them directly oh, if you oh. subscribe to our podcast. Any service you use for podcasting, whether it's Spotify or Apple or mm. even YouTube. We're on YouTube. Um, we'll get the episode right away. So please like um, subscribe, whatever you, you have to do to, to get that. Follow us, I guess, would be it. Uh, but you can also give us a follow on our Instagram and our Twitter at INTB underscore podcast. Or if you want to be more direct, you know, have a conversation or whatever, you can email us at intbpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And, yeah, on any of the things, just let us know what's your favorite Easter egg. Ooh, yeah. Do you like going out and hunting them? Like on Easter? Oh, wait, no. That's a different Easter egg. Um, yeah. Or did you... What did you guys think of The Invisible Man? Did you think it was pretty good? Did you hate it? How, how do you feel about Bloomhouse actually being <laughs> a staple for horror now, I guess? Yeah. Or did you guys like Sabrina? What what What's some t- TV shows that you guys like? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let us know. Is there anything you've been watching that you feel people don't appreciate? Because that happens a lot. Oh, a lot. Like, a lot. So, 
yeah just let us know you know we're, we're we're always down to talk and and whether you agree with this or disagree with this we're here for either but with that thank you for listening and as always remember it's not the bad it's not that 